Tonya Langer, welcome to the interview. Thanks very much for talking to me. Uh, you are, um, it says here, mental health and well-being expert. Tell me how you got involved with helping people with their mental health. Well, the thing is, you know, there's nothing like a bit of experience for yourself to get you to understand <laughs> oh how, uh, how it works for everyone else. And I think most of us, although it can be very different in our uh experiences and life choices and upbringings and all that i find that most of us will have a similar path when it comes to how we develop and how we think about ourselves and what we you know what are the good choices and what are the bad choices and uh, i got uh, sick when i was 70 i was uh, uh what happened well, it's a long story and i'm not good at making long stories short but um my uh, my grandmother who was kind of like a second mother to me, she died, she passed on when I was 17. And that triggered uh, a depression in me, like a very deep one, which is then turned out, took them quite a few years, but it turned out to be something they call bipolar two, which is like um, a mild, depends on how you look at it, but it's, it's like a version of bipolar where you just mainly get really, really depressed <laughs> and you don't go up. So, uh, through those years and I would say five, I'd say a good 10 years before you know and then I got the right medication and think, and I learned how to especially which is why I um, enjoy coaching others on the on the same issues because I found that there's one thing is medication how you do that but the other thing is how you manage your life how you manage stress how you work with yourself and those things I find to be very similar no matter no matter what you know your background is or what what level even of issues you're having i find that you know those things are more or less the same if you want a better quality of life when you have yeah. everyone's got issues here and there so it depends on how deep they go but for me that whole learning curve was quite intense <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, it took me so well, you know, so you, up like, until you were seventeen and your grandmother died, then um, yeah. there were no um, symptoms or signs. If that's no, right no, which is why uh, everyone was very baffled and why, you know, why probably. But I have come to understand that that it takes a good while for the doctors to figure out the bipolar diagnosis. So sadly, mm -hmm. it is sometimes up to ten years for people to get. Okay. The right diagnosis, especially with my kind, because you just get depressed. Like you get mainly very heavy depression so um what, i guess what does it mean uh, if somebody's bipolar what does that actually mean well, yeah i just assume that everybody knows i'm sorry uh so if you're a bipolar one right that is the old-fashioned sort of manic depressive it used to be called in the olden days uh where you get you know you can go very low or you can go poof, very very high i'd say you know you Sometimes people think they can fly, <laughs> you know, it, it goes really, really high up there. So when you don't have that, when you only have the very deep lows and then sometimes you get like a medium type of, you go higher, but it's not to the extent where it, you know, ruins your life or you, you go completely bananas. So mm. it's harder to spot, I think. So okay. I guess it was, you know, it was it was um it was a good few years of just 
people thinking or doctors thinking that I had, it's, I don't know what you call it nowadays because it changes all the time, but major depression is something that's very like common. Okay. Those people have it. And it's, to be honest, it's not very different. It's just the, so for example, a person who has a depression, I would be able, it would be the same, pretty much the same feeling, except mm. you might get a bit more heavier versions. So, okay. but then what happened is I was lucky as well. I had some very good uh, doctors or like a very good psychiatrist and a very good therapist that they kind of spotted what no one had spotted before. So when I got to them, uh, it all kind of fell into place. And you, once you know, you know, it's the same with everything. Once you know what you're dealing with, it's easier to, to get right. started, figure out what to do, find your markers, where you should be, you know, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. And, um, but I think that the fact that I kind of went through a bit of a bit of a period where they weren't sure or I wasn't sure we weren't sure what was wrong with me. So uh, that has given me a lot of experience sort of within the entire field, I would say, so that I have an understanding maybe of, of many of the similar things. Yeah. But it wasn't nothing what's wrong with me. I hope what you want to call it. It's just as a child, I was like super happy. I was just I am a very. I'd say sort of like a perky person. I'm not, uh, people would never guess there's anything like depression-y about me, but that's a very typical thing for many people with bipolar disorder is you'll be fine uh, and then something will trigger it. So, you know, they've got more and more research on it nowadays. There's a lot about epigenetics and like how some, like I might have had these genes that I have and it would never have triggered but then something will happen and it will trigger it in you. So uh, that's why, you know, I was, I think I've got, you know, it's a good thing because I had such a lovely childhood and everything was very, I was super sensitive though. I'd be like very, very, you know, cry for, you know, when I, you know, Disney movies are horrible. <laughs> like why would you, why would you make them so sad? Or, uh, you know, seeing homeless people on the street, sad music on the radio. So I'd say, even though I tend to forget that I was a very, very sensitive child. Mm. So there's that aspect, but I was never, I was just very happy mainly. And just, um, which is why it was very bad to myself as well. Baffling when it happened, I guess if you've had difficulties growing up, you'll be more prepared for something difficult coming your way. But mm. interesting. But Do you think that um, yeah. everybody has um, some sort of mental issues, if that's the right word, you know, because Life is hard for most people. I'm not yeah. putting your life down whatsoever, but people no, I have would various say degrees. That, that's a very important um, issue for me, or whatever, if you want to call it that. I'm I'm very into the fact that you shouldn't measure someone's pain or whatever against someone else's. I remember I had a period when I only just gotten sick, where I thought, you know. Oh, my life <laughs> it's so terrible and then if someone came along and said oh i'm feeling very you know depressed i would be maybe a bit offended or i'd be like oh you don't know what suffering mm. is you know uh but as i've gotten older and more experienced in life i find that's a really it's a pet peeve of mine where people won't recognize that because i think that you know your life is your life and if you've not experienced anything more horrible than this, then that is the most horrible thing you've ever experienced. So it will feel horrible for them, you know, even if maybe for another person, it might feel like that shouldn't be such a big problem. So I think that you should, you know, 
it's important for me to meet people at the level they're at and not, you know, discount their issues or their experience just because it, it can be different and, you know, the levels can be different. But sure, understand. And yeah. um, mental uh, health is um, um, very much in the media at the moment, isn't it? I mean, even members of the royal family are involved and so on with yeah. helping people. And uh, do you find that pub publicity uh, a benefit to people? Do you think it's um, making people come forward for help? I do, and I think there are two aspects with it. I think it will make it easier, you know, in society for people who have these issues, which is, you know, it turns out once you start talking about it, I, I remember that because I've always been very open about it. When I was young, when I was 17, uh, I was still in school and uh, I had to quit, <laughs> but I uh, I was very open because I didn't want to be worrying about who knows something, who doesn't know. You know, I didn't. So I wanted to take that away. Mm. And it's it's incredible once you open up and are honest about what's going on. Everyone's got issues. Like everyone has an uncle who's you know done this or is very ill, or my mother's got issues or themselves. So I think that's also where I got my a lot of my experience from in dealing with other people's issues because as soon as you open up and you're honest about it other people will come forward and just be honest about how they're doing yeah. and i think so that's the one thing is more openness in, in society will make it easier for people but also for people that are actually you know needs to be diagnosed uh i would say probably that what happened to me might not have happened now because i would have been assessed differently i would have been put on not that medicate like see the medication that i was on now is considered not so good <laughs> for, for people so that kind of triggered me as well and it might you know you don't want to go hindsight is 2020 but there's there's a great chance that i would never have gone to hospital i would never have gone that far down the road and mm. and then but i don't you know no regrets, as to say. I don't. Okay, well, that's uh, good. Well, I can't be wondering about that. Do you think um, you're very professionally feeding your dog at the moment, who's uh, a bit demanding, <laughs> and that is brilliant. At the same time, you're multitasking fantastically. Um, yeah. Do you? <laughs> he's he's lovely. Is it he or she? It's a girl. It's a girl. Like okay. Ever. Do you think having a pet helps with people with mental issues? I do, and I was well. I used to have cats because right. when you you know when you're not on top of your game all the time a cat is easier to deal with and a yeah. cat's well in my mind anyway a dog requires a lot more attention as you see yeah. and grooming and uh, so uh just more but you also get more love back and i'd say for me it was actually as we'll probably talk about later about the, the true you hub but, but you know i'm very great friends with the people in you know and so emma is one of my very very good friends and she was, to be honest, the one that talked me into getting this dog. <laughs> so oh, wow. it was quite a funny story. She was saying, you know, I was waiting. Uh, they sent me an email. They were like, the puppy's now. Do you want it? You have to answer in three hours. And um, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this. And Emma was like, get the dog. Do it. She was like, I'll give you the money. I said it was not the bite of the money, but she was like, no, this is very – and she know we've got a very good connection. So mm. she kind of knows me on that level, and uh, it's made – a massive like i would say anyone who were able to be you know you have to be capable to take care of obviously the animal mm. but having that love in your life and just that unconditional mm. you know just acceptance i think is a massive thing and i think pretty much 
I, I would say any people, you know, any person in the entire universe should have a, a dog, but especially if, you, if you're struggling and if see, because a lot of people with mental health issues or in general, I find in society these days is what I see with people that I talk to that, that don't have, you know, issues as such. There's a lot of loneliness. Uh, people feel alone in their lives. Sometimes even if they're part of the family, you know, part of the group of people, they can be sitting there in inside feeling very, very alone. And so as a pet, you know, having a pet around you, that's a different kind of love. You just, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. unconditional. It's like you never mm-hmm. even have to worry about what they think about you or anything like that. So, Do you, t- do you talk to your dog? I do talk to my dog. It's uh, She's getting a bit confused because <laughs> obviously I'm from Norway. So when I'm in Norway, I, I talk to her in Norwegian. But <laughs> when I'm here uh mainly i'm around english people so she's getting to be very bilingual <laughs> about lie down and sit excellent like, so what's what's sit in norwegian it's sit so that's very good oh. <laughs> that's very <laughs> okay well, that's easy then excellent okay well we're cat people at home as you as you oh, probably know. know yeah we've got uh six and another one that comes for You've food crew, you? yeah so hopefully they'll keep me sane uh, they got <laughs> okay. Um, what would you say to somebody uh, listening to this who who thinks um, I'm not sure whether I, I I need help from somebody as yourself, such as yourself, or uh, a psychiatrist or something? How do people uh, eventually realise that they need help? Well, I think one of the issues there is I think people wait too long before because they're still like you say it's very it's open now people are like saying it and talking about it as if there is no big deal it's not such such a big deal but I I find that you know there's still a big stigma attached to it especially going into treatment I find people are, are, are reluctant which is why for one I think people should if they need like I think that everyone should go to see a psychologist at least not a psychiatrist I think that to be honest, I think there's a bit of over-medication going on in society, but mm. but a therapist, you know, it doesn't have to be even... It's a double-edged sword for me because I don't like it when, you know, people that have very little experience or, or credentials or what you want to call it just are, like, giving out advice left and right, which can be sometimes the quality can be, you know, iffy. But um, I find that kind of... Which is good. One good thing about, I think, good thing about the internet as such is that not only can people get therapy seats. You know, I've seen here during COVID that, like, say, this girl I know here, she's got an American, you know, therapist that she gets through something called BetterHelp, I think. And uh, because one of the main issues is that pe- there aren't really aren't just there's not enough people will, and because it saddens me because people it takes someone a good while to reach the point where they're like, right. I'm going to go for it. I need a, you know, a professional help or a, or a practitioner. And then they try and then they get a letter in the mail saying, yeah, well, you're going to have to wait nine months, you know, mm. and it's very discouraging for them. So I, I do, that's why I do also see the value in more of a coaching type thing, which is like what I do is, is I'm not claiming to be, you know, a, a professional psychologist. I'm just, using my experience and saying this is how it was for me and mm. you know can you relate and and I find that like I said even on because people are people like most people will have unless they're in a very extreme situation 
the levels will be different, but the we all want the same basic things, right? We all want to be loved and to be happy and to love ourselves. So I find that, you know, there's a lot of good can come out of both talking to someone that kind of knows or bit have been through the same thing and also being in a community uh, with like-minded people that, you know, you can talk to, you know, they've got groups such as ours or there's like message boards. There's a lot of stuff. The resource, you know, the resources now that are available compared to when I was 20 is in set, like it's such a big difference. Mm. So, do you think in the past um, it, the tendency was uh, for doctors just to prescribe uh, some sort of drug, you know, uh, if, you, if you went to the doctor? I think that, uh, well, one of the issues I think now is that they don't have enough therapists, so they send you to your regular, what's it called in England, GP, your, yeah. your doctor, yeah. and they don't really know that much about it. They don't have the time, so they give you, mm. you know, they prescribe you something. Mm. But uh, when I got sick, see, that was, oh, was it, 1999, I'd say, 98. Seven, ninety-seven, and uh, that's when Prozac was like the new thing. It was the big thing, happy pills for everybody, <laughs> and uh, that's what they did with me. They were like, "Let's put you on Prozac," and it turns out that Prozac is like the worst thing you can put a bipolar person on. So, I've even had like, like I said, if I hadn't gone down that road, it got I think a lot worse from the medication. Then I might not even have had to go through a lot of the stuff I went through. So. I feel like people, and I think they're still very, how would you say it, like quick quick to get the, the yeah. pad out and just write you a prescription. Yeah. Whereas, for example, just diet, you know, well, I'm not saying everyone should exercise. I know that's annoying, but like uh, just moving your body, just learning how to release emotions in your body. For me, you know, yoga, mindfulness is a massive thing and I will never stop going on about it. I know people get tired of it, but uh, there are so many things that you can do in your life. That are non-invasive and not in, not taking drugs. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think I am very like, I, I keep thinking like, why do they not teach this in school? Mm. Because it's like, I like to say that, you know, to prevent it rather than going in at the end and trying to mm. fix something when yeah. it's already very broken. Yeah. I think, you know, just basic self-care and loving yourself and taking in the society where everything is so noisy and, sure. you know, or especially for kids when they have all the iPads and the internet and it, it never stops, mm. does it? Like all the info coming at them yep. to just teach them how to be still just for a little while, you mm. know, take five minutes, breathe in, that you'd be amazed at some of the results I've seen with people just putting in basic, basic stuff. And that would, you know, would keep you from being on drugs for five years. So, so yeah. it's a big, it's a big uh, passion of mine. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I can see. Yeah. And um, that is all very, very interesting. I, I know nothing about um, any of this and um, it's, it's, I know it's, lots about it. You too. Well, that's good. You're the expert. So I'm just the guy with the microphone. Um, so uh, the True You Hub is uh, this wonderful organisation, isn't it? And um, yeah. that's all. Most of that goes over my head as well because there there are several experts, lots of experts for covering yes. different um, different subjects in the True You Hub that people can uh, consult. And um, you've uh, done a blog on that, and you're very involved with the True You Hub. Um, what would you say to somebody listening to this who? 
uh, you know, thinks that um, maybe they need some help and maybe um, the Tree You Hub could, could help them? What would you say to them? Well, I would say, obviously, because there's such a good mix in... I'm biased, of course, because it's it's my love and I love the place and I loved it working there. It's, uh, but there's a lot of the basic tenets of health are in there. So, for example, sleep hygiene. You know, a lot of people around, like, it's not big, big, being a big issue of mine, but a lot of people have issues with alcohol. That will definitely, you know, I, when I started building myself up and, and taking responsibility for my own health, uh, and mental, you know, and sort of, I change literally my life is a hundred percent different being on the same medication, but having changed my circumstances and these circumstances or the people that will help you with these pretty much all the things that I have changed are in the true you hub. So for example, I don't really drink alcohol. Uh, I, it's important for me to get enough sleep and a good sleep and, um, you know, then there's the diet aspect, and then there's the spiritual aspect. So it's all all of my uh, all of my darlings are in there. <laughs> so the harp, that's a good thing about the harp, isn't it? Because it can help people with in all sorts of directions, as I understand it, which then has um, incredible results, which is fantastic. And it's like it's a low. I would say as well, it's that it's a low threshold you know it's you can come in there and you you if you need a vent and it's not that easy not i find um i've been very lucky i think in my life with having very like some good close friends that i've been friends with since i was you know the age of seven or eight but i find you know seeing around the world there's so many people that don't really have close friends of that kind and then for them to be able to just be in a group and obviously being on the internet will give you a bit more of um would you say it like a bit less you're a bit more anonymous so yeah. you don't you know you can choose the level of which it's not like you're standing in a square telling everybody about your problems so yeah. i find that you know the combination of having a group around you that you feel a part of that you feel you can share and you will you know there's always someone giving you feedback and uh, even if we're different even if it's something that the other people can't really relate to there's support there so, and I think that aspect is incredibly important. It's just that to be able to support each other across, you know, class, countries, all that stuff. So, mm. I, and also I find that, for example, they'll they'll write something and I can, I can reply to them, for example, and I can just, you know, we can have a chat with my perspective on it and my experiences. And it's not like, it's not the same as going to a doctor's office and signing up and, you know, going that whole, way when a lot of times i don't think that's even yeah for everyone it's not necessary for everybody you can go no. very far just by yeah, by I'm having people around you that care understand tonya thank you so much uh for the interview you've been um it's been fascinating once again um all the ladies uh all the experts in the tree you hub are fascinating to me as just a mere bloke um but uh, but um you've been very informative thank you very much for talking to me it's been no very problem. helpful i'm sure people listening to this will be helped as well and of course they can contact you and the other experts through the trueuhub.com thanks once again thank you so much